Chris Naki, the Terps analyst, joining us once again, though this time from Birmingham, where I can imagine, Naki, it is just popping in Birmingham right now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're jealous, Nick. I know you're jealous. Very uh, much so. I'll take, I will take pictures and forward them back, and uh, you guys can revel in the revelry that is uh, Birmingham. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Dreamland I, I, Barbecue. Yes. Naki, I that's heard, the place. Heard there is a great barbecue place here and a great uh, bourbon, uh, like a, a place you can go tasting bourbons, which is good. So take that. Uh, you know what? I'm getting out a little bit. I was waiting for your call, and then I shall probably go out and see if I can find said places. I so think you I'm should. into it. We're, yeah. we're, look, we're, we're here to help you. All right. Other than the rest of Birmingham, kind of set the scene for us as we're getting ready. Not just, obviously, the Terps getting ready to play, but, I mean, the whole South region is going to be there. This is this is the start of everything. It's the eve of, as we called, it is Christmas Eve at this point. Kind of set the scene for us right now as we get ready for all the games tomorrow. Yeah, you know it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, it was it's pretty it was pretty sterile today. Uh, every team has 45 minutes or so where they can have an open practice. There really, literally, were just uh, maybe a couple hundred people in the arena, which is surprising to me because in a lot of kit places where you go, sub regionals where you go, uh, the place can be packed. Now, uh, one of the things that di I did kind of chuckle at was that. Uh, Auburn, of course, is here. Auburn plays Iowa, and uh, which doesn't seem particularly fair for an 8-9 game to put a team that close to home. But my phone, it does not ring when they make these decisions. Anyways, you know, while everything else was very sterile and very quiet, uh, when Auburn took the floor, they had the full band and the full set of cheerleaders there to play the Auburn fight song when these guys came on the floor. So it was quite a dichotomy, quite a difference. Um, between what we saw and uh, prior to that, but you know you're in Alabama, so I guess you gotta. You, 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 I guess I should have figured that one out. Chris, what do you think is going to be the fan dynamic like for that Auburn Iowa game? Because like you just said, Auburn's playing in their home state, but Bama fans are obviously going to be there too, and they're going to be rooting for Iowa. So, do you almost think it's going to be a more like pro Iowa crowd because of all the Crimson Tide fans, or? Do you think that when they're playing that Auburn will, will be the louder cheering section? The nature of these games is such that Alabama fans won't be interested until they think Iowa has a chance. So if Auburn jumps all over these guys in, you know, in what effect is sort of a de facto home game, if Auburn jumps all over these guys, my guess is that uh, Alabama fans will sit on their hands and, you know, wait for, uh, you know, wait for their game. Uh, if they think that Iowa has a chance or Iowa stages to come back in the middle of the second half, I think that that becomes a factor. Um, I just think that I, I you know, I, I don't, I was just visiting, by the way, and not to drop names, I was just visiting a lot of you with Fran McCaffrey, the Iowa coach. And, um, you know, he's excited like everybody else is to be able to play. There are a lot of teams sitting at home watching. But he did kind of, when I asked him about playing here, against Bruce Pearl and, and Auburn, he kind of rolled his eyes at me and said, you know, he just said, well, we're just taking it one day at a time. We'll see what tomorrow brings. So I, I think I think that as long as Auburn handles business, I don't think they have to worry about the Alabama fans. But, man, if Iowa hangs in there, then you're, it's going to be an issue. Uh, Chris, sticking with the uh, south region of the bracket, what are your thoughts on Utah State? Because it hasn't been a good showing for the Mountain West the last couple tournaments, but – uh, they got a good matchup with Missouri. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites, which kind of surprised some people because they're the 10 seed. Missouri's the 7 seed, played in the tougher conference. What do you like in that game, if anything? So you're teeing this up for me. My daughter is on staff at Utah State. I, and, I uh, asked you about this last time. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. 
I, lo- I love Utah State. I love the way they play. I like the way they go about their business. In this, you know, it, it's funny because in a lot of games like this, the 8-9 games, or, or a lot of matchups, you see complete polar opposites. You know, you see Charles, College of Charleston against San Diego State. San Diego State will bludgeon you. Char- Charleston wants to shoot three after three after three. You know, in this game, it's two very similar teams. It, it might be... Uh, and I have no idea what the number is in this game, but this smells to me like a first team to 85 kind of a game. Um, and I, you know, Utah State's playing really good basketball coming into the tournament. You never know if teams are able to keep their edge, um, you know, and keep uh, take advantage of the momentum they created in their conference tournament. But I, I love the way they play. I like the way they – it's a very cohesive group. Uh, you know, I was talking to my daughter about Utah State. This gives you an idea of maturity on a team. Yeah. I was talking to her about, you know, her primary roles. Uh, one of her one of her roles is to make sure that the wives are taken care of on the team. And I said, the coaches' wives? And she said, no, the players' wives. <laughs> you know, all these guys, these yeah. guys are you know, they're Mormons, and they they've been on tour on missions rather. And uh, so it's a very mature team that will not get rattled, and they just play and play and play. What are your thoughts on Arizona? heading into this love them mm-hmm. love them in fact i'm a fan of the i'm a fan of the, a lot of the two seeds in this tournament and um you know i think that if you can be uh you know if you can be a secret as a two seed i think we're seeing that because so much hype has gone to to alabama and of course some of that is not all positive hype uh houston has been in the conversation all year long people don't know what to make of purdue um, so I, I think I think some of the number twos are, are set to make some noise. Marquette, uh, UConn, or excuse me, UConn. I like UConn actually as a. I think there are four, um, but I think they got all the all the weapons to be able to make some noise as well. And I I say that when com- in complete recognition that that it's been a the story of the tournament has been all about the number one seeds over the last couple of years. But uh, that, that things like that change. Chris, how good is this FAU Memphis game going to be? And can you tell me who's going to win? Because I, I just this game for my bracket, I, I I'm going back and forth. Both teams I think can make it to the Final Four. I kind of like Memphis to make the Final Four, but I don't think they're going to win this game. I like FAU. What are your thoughts wow. on this matchup? Wow. Uh, so I do like Memphis. I, I do I I do like him in this game. I think for the good of the tournament, it wouldn't be a bad thing for FAU to win. I know that uh, that doesn't make you feel any better. I, I just um, FAU is it, it, so there there are a handful of teams, and we already talked about a couple of them: Missouri, Utah State. There are a handful of teams that will live and die uh, by jumpers, you know, by three pointers. And uh, I mean, I think they've won Florida Atlantic has won thirty one games playing the way that they play. But the question is, is how many teams like Memphis have they played? And um, it, there's a little bit of an adjustment that takes place when you play uh, that style that you've never seen before. Same for College of Charleston against San Diego State. San Diego State's guys look like, you know, escapees from, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're the weight room guys. They're just enormous and immense. And, and so it does take you aback a little bit when you when you line up against something like that. I I would probably hold with Memphis in that in that matchup. Uh, but like I said, if FAU won, it is a great story moving on. I think they would play Purdue in the next round. Who do you think could beat Houston? Um, you know, especially if Marcus Sasser does come back and he's fully healthy. Uh, and you're looking at the Midwest bracket where Texas is the two seed, Xavier's the three seed. Who do you think gives Houston the best game? 
Texas, and that, that's why I – that's another one of the two seeds I like. I, I think they have a guy – you know, this is all about guards. This tournament usually is about guards, and Marcus Carr is that guy. He's been in college for 14 years. He's a seasoned guy. They have all – they check all the boxes for me, and they come in hot. Um, I don't know what Sasser's status is. I think it was a good move, you know, the fact that he didn't play this past weekend. But, you know, it's kind of one of those where there's smoke, there's fire thing. And if he doesn't play, I think there are some other teams that could beat them along the way, even before Texas gets to them. Um, so I do like Texas. I like everything about him right now. And, uh, uh, you know, that's just my own gut. Talking to Chris Naki, Bet MGM tonight. Now, I know, obviously, as someone that is very close to Maryland, I know your your hate for Duke runs deep, even though they're not in the same conference anymore. I know how this whole thing goes, but there are a lot of people on Duke now with what we've seen through the ACC tournament. I know maybe it wasn't the hardest run through the ACC tournament, playing some teams that were you know dealing with some injuries. But what are you when you look at this Duke team right now with the way they're playing heading in? Uh, are they a team that's not only just trending upward, but also could continue to make a run in this tournament, or do you think that the hype is maybe a little too a little too much? I think the answer is sort of somewhere in between. Okay. I think that I think they're really good, uh, and and what I see happening for them is I see, you know, what's that old line about revenge being uh, best served cold, right? I mean, they played Purdue early on in the season, and Purdue just poleaxed them. I mean, just crushed them. That was in November at the night thing in in Oregon, and. That's sort of indicative of a team that, you know, has some older guys in Purdue. And Duke had the young guys who are trying to assimilate, particularly the two, two, two bigs. And Duke has come miles. They, they have improved dramatically in that time. And honestly, I think that's the revenge game. I think Duke ends up being the team. I, I think every, the whole world expects Purdue not to get to the Final Four and the, to be one of the first uh, number one seeds out. And I, I feel the same way. And that's why I think it's Duke that ends up kicking them to the curb. Who's the bigger question mark for you, UCLA now without Jaden Clark or UConn with Danny Hurley coaching that team? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I were here, I'd give you the high five for sure. If I was there, so uh, Clark being gone is a killer. So, so UCLA played at Maryland in December. And, of course, everybody knows hockey. And you know, uh, and uh, Tiger, you know, uh, as point guard, I was floored at how good he was. And defensively, he's everywhere all the time. It seemed like there were three of them. Um, his game has evolved. I think this year he averaged thirteen and six. So he's not just a you know a kind of a three and D guy. I, I he he got in every passing lane. He's a great help defender. Uh, he's he is one of those to borrow a phrase from another sport. He's a lockdown defender. He's a guy you you have to work to score on. And uh, Maryland has a terrific point guard, Jameer Young, who averaged 16 or 17 points a game. And they put Clark on him, and it was like an eclipse. Jameer never couldn't. Uh, I, I think the loss of <laughs> great question. I think the loss <laughs> of uh, of Clark to UCLA is absolutely a killer. Which uh, underdog do you think is most likely to win outright? I'm looking at the Midwest. Two really popular ones, Drake over Miami, Drake's a 12 seed, or Kent State. I like the way they match up with Indiana. That's a 13-4. I think Kent State's a very good uh, – uh, is a trendy pick, and, and I've watched them play a great guy. They have a great lead guard. I think another one that I like, too, is is uh, VCU against St. Mary's. Uh, that's another 5-12. You always have to look at the 5-12, right? Yeah. And uh, – 
Um, so I, I think those are those are great ones to kind of center on. All right, we got about a minute and a half here. What's your final four pick? You know, I, I actually have done a couple of different uh, pools, and some of it is the error of recency, you know, where you kind of pick the teams that you saw. Uh, uh, I would love to go with UCLA in the final four because I like the way they play. Great, great defensive team. It's not going to happen, I don't think, with Clark out. And uh, I I've actually have Texas and Houston, and um, I have Marquette. And uh, who's the who's the number two in the Alabama region? That would be Arizona. Uh, Arizona. 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 Those are my four. I have Texas winning it all. I I really like Texas, so it's actually good for you to say that because I've got I actually bet them to go to the Final Four. So I got them winning it all. There you go. I got them losing A and M, and that's the beauty of March Madness, right there, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? You know, Nick. It's not only the great minds think alike; it's also idiots seldom differer. This is so, this is very true. There's a good chance we're totally wrong, and you and I are texting back and forth, going, "What were we thinking? Talking about that, man?" Exactly. <laughs> what were we thinking? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, this if there's any year, as we've said many times, where chaos can ensue, it's certainly this year in college basketball. So, Chris Naki at XCoachNaki on Twitter. Give him a follow. Great stuff, man. Enjoy Birmingham. Find the barbecue and find the bourbon. You'll enjoy it. Cool. Will, too. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> It'll make yeah. it a lot easier. It's so funny, though, PJ. You're right. Like, when you bring it up, it's like we can justify a lot of these games. I mean, we're sitting here picking Drake over Miami. But at the same time, if Miami wins, it's like, well, yeah. Here's my thing about Texas, Duke, and Marquette. Like, two weeks ago when we were talking about the best teams in the country, teams to watch out for, did you guys hear anybody talk about those three? And then they mm -hmm. go into their conference tournament, and they have a nice, like, three, four-game stretch, and now everybody's on them. And it's just like, But it how much, though, me. does that also just factor into, hey, this team is hot, and they can continue to play that way in the tournament? Right. We saw North Carolina do it. They're not the first team to obviously do that. Of course. Sometimes the hot teams ride that wave and go, go on a run. Absolutely. The thing with Texas, though, if they had Chris Beard as their coach, no arguments here. Rodney Terry, and they did win the Big 12 under him, and I think he should get that job next year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Ooh, that A&M guys game. That A&M game, guys, could be tricky if they get past Penn State, man. That ain't happening. Nittany Lions taking it to them. Big Let's 10 go. country, Peach. Sorry Ooh. for your SEC. I'm on the Penn State Clowns. bandwagon. <laughs> Clowns.